Cliff, brother, cheers up, to Glenn? How you doing? Good, buddy. It's good to see you. This tea is at a perfect temperature. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. You literally just poured this. I don't understand. I'm usually really like bad for like when tea's yeah. first poured. I usually have to wait quite a while before I could hit it. Is it like too hot? Yeah, I'm kind of a mm. wuss with it. Well, I just did it. I just boiled it, brought it down, and then I poured it. And I think there was something with the timing of my girlfriend rehitting the kettle. Because yeah, yeah. if it was off, it would have just been really cold, and then you'd be like, mm. But it's it's got to be a cozy temperature, because yeah, that's the vibe right this now. This is the vibe. It's a little chilly yeah. in here, which is nice, actually. Yeah. I'd rather I'm, be... I'm the type that rather be a little bit chilly than overheating. Right. It's uncomfortable. Think. There's like a weird, like, does this guy smell me? Because my arms are smelling a bit weird. Yeah, no, I don't go there. I go okay. to, like... <laughs> just, just, just like, me, I'm like, oh, fucking dizzy. Oh, what's going on? Nice. Well, that being said, welcome to the studio. And um, before we kind of get into all this and what I want to hear about from you and what we want to dive into, um, I want to express my gratitude for not just you coming on the show, obviously, but uh, two weeks ago when I found out about what we're going to start off talking about in a minute um, and the project you did, um, but you were gracious enough to let me work in your studio for like five hours or it might have not been that long but it was probably just a couple hours but yeah i ran into a really big problem at the last minute and i reached out to a few people you happen to have it you're down the road and you're able to like yeah man after this time come by and just get to work have a computer you can get. i was like this is crazy so i just want to express my gratitude for that because that uh, really helped us anytime out with our clients, so. anytime i know how stressful stuff like that is yeah, it's brutal but we got through it so, um, before we do a deep dive into kind of like storytelling and stuff like that and uh, picking each other's brains on that topic, um, tell me about your latest project that sent you across to the West Coast with the most. So, okay. I'm really intrigued to hear about it. I heard a bit on your live with Andre and I was like, I, 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 want, I, want it. I always hear lives and I want to ask the person more. Yeah, yeah. But like, I don't just want to add to the comments because like, I feel I feel my questions won't do it just, and then by that time, the time's passed. No, you so save my like, questions for your thing. You've got you've got the vehicle for it. It's genius. Yeah, it's might like, as well. Why? It's like, why am I gonna ask here when I could just have him on my show and ask him all these questions, dude? It's genius. You're a thinker. Yeah. I also too genius. That's a genius thing. The other genius thing is how you've upstaged me here. Do you, you, do you know what that? Do you, okay. Do you know where the term upstaging comes from? I don't know where it originates from. No. Okay, so it's a theater term, and basically what it is, so you know the the setup of of a, of a, a stage, right? And the audience is right here. Yeah. So actors would do this to each other. They'll upstage each other. What they'll do is you both have the audience here, so you want them to be able to see your face, right? right. And this is camera. Yeah. So when two actors aren't getting along, what one actor will do is they'll take a step back. Why do they do that? Because it forces the other actor to turn and have to face them while they're doing their lines. So which they turn away from the audience. You got it. That's where upstaging Whoa. comes from. Yes. You're basically kind of flanking them, right? So you're upstaging them, and it's, it's a source of major tension, right? So That's I just want to hilarious. point out, he's upstaged me on his own show by placing his mic back here and placing <laughs> my mic over here so that I have to turn this way as his guest. Okay, just so you know... What this guy's bringing to the table, sweet dude, but he's operating at a different level, you know. He knows that they just came here for him, and I'm just like, just a dude, you know, hanging. You're the dude, though, hanging. You know, oh, okay, well, there you go. You, you win me over. It's Every, a, 
unintentional. You'll get everywhere with compliments. <laughs> you don't know what to do. You almost feel like you want to move your mic. I'm like, uh, do I? I'm like, now I'm just not going to look at the audience all the time. We could both do the whole thing like this. Yeah, right? I think it's one like, episode would be good. I think it would have to be like a shorter episode. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you might actually Maybe, build no, the whole thing where people are like, what do they look the like? Thing. Right? The whole show. Dude. That's your next That's the way podcast. to do it. All right, we'll write that one in. I'll okay. pencil it in. Um, but. With you don't want to circle said, back to your question. West Coast you? to the most. Tell West me about Coast. It. We going back to Cali, to Cali, to Cali. All right. <laughs> uh, we're, where do I even start? Okay. Well, let's for anybody that's watching. That's like I have no idea yeah. what they're talking about. I had the good fortune to find my way into the role of creative director yeah. for a Princess Diana exhibit, which is really bananas. You know, four months ago, if you would have said this is a project you'd be working on, I'd be like, okay, sure, yeah. if you say so, right? Um, and <laughs> so I'm in that role of creative director. Now, how did that happen, right? It, it, it's a big project, too. I mean, we have, you know, we're partnered on this project with uh, a guy by the name of Anwar Hussein, who is the longest living royal photographer in modern mm -hmm. history. He's in his 80s. Yeah. He was there... Before Diana was there, he was there. After Diana, still there. Whoa. Um, they traveled around. Yeah. They know each other. They were friends. You got to think about how much time a royal photographer spends with the royal family. All day. Right? All like the time. All day, so, every night. really, really, really strong relationship. And Anwar just recently, in the last year or two, decided that he was willing to share his story. And everything lines up really beautifully too. This year would have been her six; she would be sixty years old. Um, and I think that's what's drummed up a lot of this interest of revisiting Princess mm -hmm. Diana. You know, you got the movie out, uh, Spencer that just came yeah. out. Um, but actually, like two months ago, uh, Netflix came out with a Diana musical. I yeah, can't, you can't even like. I caught a glimpse of the preview, but yeah, um, interesting. And so there's a whole bunch of interest in her now. There's a company that I've worked with, you know, kind of a team uh, of, of, of people that I know that they're the ones that started this project, right? Mm -hmm. Started interest in this project. I've worked with them in various capacities throughout the years for like branding related stuff, right? Logos, uh, branding guides, stuff yeah, like that. Bread and butter. You got it. They brought me into this yeah. uh, to do logo, to do a logo for it oh, and cool. some branding stuff. Choose yeah. color palette fonts, all of that stuff. Am I talking into the mic? No, problem? you're doing it perfect, dude. Am I doing it good? It's perfect. Make sure I'm doing it good. <laughs> I don't want to mess this up. Like. Dude, honestly, as long as nobody chews into the microphone, then, that's all that matters. I don't want to. like slurping, chewing noises. I don't want to mess so, this up. Okay, you'll be all right. All right. Yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out. <laughs> so, so they bring me in to do the logo. My team starts yeah. working on it. Nice. Now, they've got all of these pieces to the story, all of these wonderful pieces. Yeah. And as they're kind of connecting it, it's not connecting exactly the way that's really taking it over the top for them. And I kind of just put my hat in the ring. I said, listen, I got a, a little bit of an idea here. I kind of see what's happening. You've got this, this amazing story. Mm -hmm. You know, I could kind of help write this and I could help with some of these areas. Yeah. They love the idea I pitched to them and we just kind of kept building it. So what we built it into is a walkthrough documentary. Just super cool. Sounds cool, yeah, right? Doesn't does. that just sound cool? It does, yeah. Each room is like an episode of a show, right? 
and yeah. it's being narrated to you. So you've got headphones, and it's Whoa. being narrated by the sons of Anwar, Zach and Sam. They're in their 30s. They basically grew up right beside... Yeah, of course. Harry and and William, right? For sure. And so they've got a close relationship with them a cool as well. Such a cool. We use wow. a lot of symmetry within the storytelling, right? Mm, for sure. And you know, I've been asked this question. I've man, I've done so many interviews for this. It's so cool, Glenn. It's so cool. Like nice. some of the people I've got to talk yeah, to, I bet. and they've asked. They're like, "Well, how do you go from branding agency to creative director?" Yeah. And I think that. For me, everything's analogous. How did I go from a videographer mm -hmm. to a, a brand agency owner? Right. How did I go from uh, a guy selling cameras and cell phones at a future shop to being a floor director at CTV News? Like yeah. These are transitions to me that to, when, I, when I'm trying to find this through line of it all where I go... What is the thing that brings me to the table in these uh, areas where I, I could excel? Right. And, and that's what you named at the beginning of this. This is storytelling. I love storytelling. Yeah. Everything's storytelling. It's huge. Everything we live for as humans is a good story. Me, I'm like... So, you know when things happen bad in your life? And, you know, some people get really freaked out. Yeah. And I'll get freaked out, too, just like anyone else. Yeah, for sure. But there's a part of my brain that's always like, oh, this is going to make for a good story. <laughs> right? There's always that part of my brain that's like, I can't wait to tell this story. Yeah. I love telling stories. I love hearing stories. I love living through stories. So that's the through oh, line. Living through is incredible. It's, yeah. Right? We're living yeah, through you it. You experience it, right? 100%. So, you know, I think that that's the connective tissue there. And so my whole purpose is like, I need to tell stories. That's right. it. My, my whole career is built around me being able to help tell other people's stories yeah. uh, and then tell my own story mm -hmm. too, right? Right. I think that's so fascinating how <clears throat> that's kind of how you took that tidbit of self-reflection of where does that through line come from? How does it connect if the line's blurred in some spots or it's not? But it could be as simple as a connection or somebody going, yo, maybe try this. Or you just Googling something one day and be like, screw it. This is the go this is the way I'm going. This is the job I'm applying to. This is the path I'm going to take. That's why experience right? is everything, Glenn. It's experience huge. is because you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. And you can't find things out without experiencing something. And we experience things in a multitude of ways. We experience things through actually going through it, mm -hmm. but we also experience it by reading books, yeah. listening to podcasts, watching movies, watching documentaries, mm -hmm. having conversations, going to coffee shops, sitting down, listening to the old guy in the corner tell a story about a thing you never even thought to think of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it opens it's up huge. all of these other corridors in your brain to go, oh, I never even thought of these things. Now let's start to peel all that yeah. stuff back. And what's cool, I've noticed about that, and you said listening to podcasts, I was telling a friend of mine, I was trying to articulate the reason why starting a podcast to somebody who doesn't have, like who doesn't have a photo on his Facebook account. It's so funny. Right? Yeah. So my business partner will know this through and through. He's not the most social person like media wise, right? So I would explain to him, he's like, why podcast? like what like how'd you even and I'm like, okay, how do I articulate this? And it's like, well, I remember listening to my first podcast episode way back when, like eight, nine years ago, today, whatever. And I remember thinking like really loving them because you learn so much, you hear these cool stories. And then I was like, but 
like I told you at the beginning, I was like, I want to ask. When I hear people telling their stories or telling stories to other people, I'm like, I know what I want to ask yeah. about this, but I can't. So I'm like, well, if I can learn this much and hear this many cool stories um, and get so engaged and intrigued through what I'm listening, what is the potential and where's the limit on what I can learn, what I can figure out, what questions I can answer through doing something of my own, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's just be just chatting here with you about something or like trying to like reaching out to all these people and finding different avenues and then becoming like friends with them mm-hmm. and all that stuff is like I never would have pictured all the things that kind of like you said like how does it string together mm-hmm. like from what I was doing to kind of what I'm doing now whether it be business wise or whether it be like creative focused there's a lot of things that I sit back and I look for and like even thinking about today um, for the last couple of days about the show I'm like okay well there's this avenue that I think a lot of people go misunderstood and everybody likes, not just everybody likes talking, but everybody likes sharing their story, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody loves being able to express the cool things, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like I want to know, how was that, how was that experience, right? And I'm like, I didn't go, I wasn't a creative director uh-huh. in LA, but you were. So I'm like, I want to hear this story, yeah, right? you want to live vicariously. Exactly, through, yeah. right? Because there's only so much you can do and only so much you can learn. Mm-hmm. And so being able to kind of sit down and talk to people and uncover stories that people didn't know they had mm-hmm. is just insane. Yeah, I think there's something primitive in our brain too, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, back when we were kind of more isolated from each other in different, you know, yeah. different little tribes, I guess, right? That's what it was, yeah we relied on each other. We relied on different members of the Mm -hmm. community to share information. Literally we're social creatures. It's why we've been able to survive as long as we have on this planet. Right. And even though times are tough and we miscommunicate quite a bit, we still communicate unbelievable compared to like, there's nothing that there's no other animal on the planet. That's that I'm aware of. Listen, I'm not, right, I'm I, sure there's... there's somebody smart out there is going to be like trees, Cliff. The underground communication between, yeah, okay, you know, you're smarter than I am. There's, yeah. there's you, you got me. <laughs> okay? Their roots are within X yeah. amount of meters. So, so with another tree, yeah, within my knowledge set, I'm just going to say that my my understanding is that there's no other animal on the planet that's able to communicate with as many of the same species. Yeah. As us, like we're, it's wild the amount of groups we're able to kind of communicate. And it all started with us going like, somebody would leave the tribe and go somewhere hunting or gathering and Mm -hmm. then discover somebody from some other place and learn something about them. And then it was imperative in their brain to go back to their tribe and describe what it is they saw, right? Teach them. And that's through storytelling. And that's why we are community minded creatures right mm-hmm. even the ones of us that are the most introverted we still have some degree of community mindedness right, right? Um, so I think that you know I think it's one of our biggest assets is just like this whole thing about mm-hmm. narration and, and, and stories sure. and uh, yeah I, I like to yeah I think um, with that you said something interesting about uh, whether it be introverts or extroverts. I've had a handful, I'm sure you're aware, of introverts on the podcast. And mm. most of them are extroverts. But actually, honestly, at the beginning of a lot of episodes, if I just met you and I'm just inviting you on to the show, everybody's an introvert. 
Yeah. But then it shifts, right? And they get comfortable. Well, I don't know. Is, is, to I, an I don't, extent. I don't think I was an extent, introvert on the first show. I mean, if I haven't uh, met, like, when... No, nah, maybe not. Yeah, no. I'm I was like, I'm I was like nah, maybe, maybe not. Well, this is the whole... I met you before, though. But what I'm saying is a lot of the... Yeah, right. Like a lot of the introverts um, that I've met. That was a good point. It was a good point. You made a good point. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Right on, player. (laughs) I was like, oh wait, I definitely. Oh no, I did meet you. No, you made a podcast. You made that. He he upstaged me, (laughs) and he made a good point. And I want everyone to know. (laughs) Looking at the back of the wall. Yeah, I'm just like, what's happening here? All right, sorry. If you haven't met them, and then they're mostly, you find like there's a little bit of a process there. Right, and like. Past that, a lot of the introverts have like some really cool stories to share. Oh, some of it's the most ridiculous. interesting people I know are the quietest people I know. It's, it's They're also the ones that scare weird. me the most. Like nobody yeah. makes me more nervous than a quiet person. So you're very. I think I read something recently, and I think you'll um, you'll find it's interesting if I say it correctly. So it was when you're listening, you're learning something new. When you're speaking, you're regurgitating stuff you already know. Mm-hmm. So there's a a line of. Mm-hmm. You're only able to retain and learn so much when you're always doing the talk. No, when I talk, I'm always so, learning. I'm like, what? <laughs> you're like, no, well, man. I'll say something. I'm like, what? <laughs> everybody Since needs, when? Everybody needs expert advice, right? <laughs> I'm like, that's amazing. You're like, oh, I thought I'll be it. mid-sense. I don't know where this is I'm going. I'm like, where? What have I tapped into? Or is that the stupidest thing I've ever heard? Cliff is an outlier, everybody. Uh, um, uh, we no. haven't established that for past episodes. <laughs> Cliff is the outlier to everything uh, I'm saying. I'm playing. I'm just adversarial like that's that. I'm like, now. It's not like that. It's like something else. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, and that's the other thing too, man. We think in, like, sometimes we're too binary in our thoughts, yeah. right? We're just like ones and zeros, right? Like introvert, extrovert. It's like, no, it's a spectrum. Yeah. Personality is malleable. That's the other thing too. People think personality is fixed. That's right. like one of those so, myths that it's just yeah. like, no, your personality is a person. No, your personality is fluid. It's always changing depending yeah. on environment. That's like, you know, people used to say, oh, what a fake. They, they totally change under this circumstance and that circumstance. It's like, like everyone so does, does everybody. Everybody does Every that. single Do you person, know how much of a yeah. psycho you'd seem if you talk to your boys the same way you talk to like your, mother your doctor or your, or doctor. your grandma? You think you're, like, if you're that person and you feel proud of that, you you need to kind of take a step back and realize, like, yeah, relax a bit. yeah you need to, yeah. yeah, you need to modulate yourself based off of the environment right. you're in. It's, yeah, I've learned that. I mean, I was talking about this earlier with somebody, is I'm an anxious flyer. So I'll tie it back yeah, into I this trip to LA. Oh, I just really am. Okay, I just, like, I tell, Glenn, give me some advice. <laughs> I'm so scared. I'm terrified. Um, like, I'm trapped up there. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it is pretty high. You're like, get drunk. I'm like, I don't drink. You're like, start. <laughs> like, I know, but... <laughs> What am I supposed to tell you, bro? Take anxiety off a little bit with that. Yeah, so I... Super anxious flying. And I think one of the things that makes me more anxious the more I think about it is everyone's so friggin' quiet on the plane, right? Like, it's it is kind of weird, isn't it's it? It's very institutional. Yeah. It feels very much like a hospital, like somebody just died or is gonna die. I do not like the posture of everybody on a plane. And I'm like, oh, I'm anxious, so I want to like move around. Yeah. And talk. Like, I'm one of those people that gets louder the more anxious I am. Yeah. So it's like, I have to contain all of that, and I'm just, like, broiling inside, like... Yeah, and everybody else is like, what's this guy doing? Is the bomb inside of him? What's well, that's also here? the worry, right? And everybody him. else, like... I got uh, the, the brown off skin it, right? and the beard. Sometimes when the beard's thicker. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, it's not 
mm, long yeah. enough right now. Yeah, maybe, but it's but... thicker. You know, people have all of their yeah randomly selected for the yeah, ninth time like in a real row. Random, right? yeah, weird. But... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So you want? Do you want to know a bit more about? This Princess Diana project, because I could talk your ear off yeah, about that. I'd son. like to know um, where does it? What was the main objective of you going? The main objective was was to go there and just as so we have a team, yeah. what we call the Fab Team Fabrication, right? Nice. But I like Fab, right? That's much better. So you think of like pipe and drape yeah. is getting put up. They they built walls specifically that go into this space. They built these units, these eight foot by five foot wide units. Mm -hmm. The images are printed out, installed into the unit, and they're up there themselves wiring the lights because there's a light that comes out and shines down on the creates this wicked glow, right? And so they're moving the yeah. units around. And so as you go room to room, that's how the story is being told, and it's envisioned a certain way. Now we, you know, we did a lot of these things in SketchUp. This mm -hmm. is a cra yep. crazy 3D software Love for SketchUp. anyone that doesn't yeah. know, right? And you almost feel like you're inside the space. Did I give you a little sneak peek of it when you were at my place? Yeah, you did. I yeah, did. you did show me. Unless you're not supposed to, oh, in yeah. which case. So if I, I what he I saw it, nothing. See it? Nothing. I neuralized him afterwards too, man. <laughs> Men in black styles. <laughs> boom. Tell everyone that. That's awesome. what that flash was. Yeah, that's dude. what the oh, flash man. was. I was peeking out for the longest time. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so just going there and just making sure the yeah. vision is being. You know, everything's being put in the place. I'm still taking calls, right? Like, I was right. on a call last night, and we were doing a walkthrough just solving little issues. Like, nice. this in the real world doesn't fit in this place as well as it did in this 3D in graphic, yeah, right? Sure. And so you're like, how do we solve this issue? And sometimes somebody comes up with an idea, too, like, mm -hmm. on-site from the fabrication team saying, hey, yeah. did you think about doing this? And it's like, actually, the narration tells the story this way, so we can't really do that, or Whoa. that's a good idea, right? That's right, so, eh? You're thinking of... Uh. So you have to think of, like, that the story's all yeah. flowing properly. The comparison, I would say, is, like, picture filming a movie, mm -hmm. and then you're sitting down with the editor of the movie. And so you filmed all your shots according to your shot list. Some things are a little bit changed because during the shoot you discovered the certain things right. that work better, or an actor ad-libbed a line, but for some reason that worked really well. Now you're sitting down with the editor who has a shot list yeah. of all the edits that you expect, but as the director you sit down with them and go... The editor might go like, dude, if we cut from this shot to this, if we go from a wide to this uh, to this ISO shot mm -hmm. to this whatever, right, it's going to create this like really interesting flow. And then they cut in and you're like, oh my god, that looks really cool. That, that's cooler than I expected it to be. So that's almost like sitting down with your editor. You're sitting down with the fab team that's editing it in real world life together. This 10,000 square foot yeah. plus space. It's also in a giant building. <laughs> in a giant building, yeah. the old Bloomingdale's at Santa Monica place. That's cool. That's really cool. Unbelievable, yeah, right? right? And so you're kind of there just making sure yeah. that everything's going. Because, I mean, on that launch day, on December 1st, the doors open. People will be in there. That's your world Let's premiere, go, yeah. right? And so you ah, want to make cool. sure that they're experiencing it in the way from all the touch points whether that's physical like looking yeah. hearing smelling feeling mm -hmm. like all of that stuff you're just doing everything in your power to create the most like powerful experience to make sure they're getting ah, their money's cool. worth and yeah. i want them to walk out with goosebumps i think they will like i yeah. genuinely think they're gonna that's be so cool yeah, yeah i think that you That'd know awesome. it's almost amazing to me now 
you, you, this is also so important. A lot of these interviews are really fast that I've been doing. And mm -hmm. one of the things I really just want to get across, and maybe I'll just yeah, get it sure. across here. Is Take like, your time and do it. And we'll, this uh, is, I'll clip it out for you, too. You can just edit it out. Edit it out, just general, and delete it, and say, get the hell out of here, you <laughs> son of a bitch. No, uh, I appreciate that. Hey, Something man. I really want to get across, though, is like, Yes, I got the creative director role, but a creative director is absolutely nothing without a team of incredibly talented people. Right, it makes your job a hell of a Producing the thing. Yeah. It makes your job so much easier. But you're not, it's like, this is 100% a team sport. Right. Right? This is, um, oh, who came up with this? I don't know. We're in creative sessions constantly. We're in operation yeah. meetings constantly so cool. it's a whole yeah. team of people coming up with wonderful ideas and us all trying to like glue it together yeah. com communicate that's it to each other awesome it's really Jeez, wild seeing really people cool. operate at just yeah. different levels and everybody involved with it is so passionate right that's, you, that's we, even better man like that's best case that's what you want and mm -hmm. so you think about the different people we work with okay so you you think about the team of people that kind yeah. of brought this ip intellectual property ip they got their hands on this Anwar, whose story, that's mm. the IP, okay? Yep. They bring this to the table and they start to develop out a story. Well, you've also got, you know, this wicked audio recording studio out of, uh, I believe they're in New Jersey, and I'm forgetting the name, I, I wish I could remember at the moment, but they do the audio for all the narration from the Husseins, right? Mm -hmm. These are unbelievably talented individuals, so that sound quality is crisp. It's not me just being like, hey, I've got a question for yeah. you, recorded. No, like, these are incredible audio engineers that are layering these sounds and this beautiful audio yeah. experience like, together. Clear as day. We've got Pauline Lockton out of Quebec, who is this incredible paper sculpturist. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing until this project. And she literally orders the best paper in the world, orders it from England, because yeah. that's where you get the best paper in the world, apparently. Probably, probably, yeah. And she builds these huge four-foot, you know, I don't know how wide, dedication pieces. They, so basically what they are, they're not replicas. Yeah. They are dedication pieces, um, monuments yeah. to the hats and tiaras of Princess Diana, uh, Meg, and Kate. There's six of them in there. There's a space dedicated to this that wow. is so... It's almost like an interlude between episodes. Yeah. And it's like you get music playing and then you go through Dude, the space. Wild. Dude, it is on oh, freaking I, Like, I want to show you the stuff. Like, Dude, the, I'm sure I'll see it one day soon. I'm, I'll, I'm do you know what I'll do? I'll toss you the, the commercial, the trailer. So we got a trailer made from yeah. this, from the same company. So they're called The Shop. They're out of L.A. They did the trailer for uh, The Last Dance. Come on, dude. So the team that made the trailer for The Last Dance made the trailer for our walkthrough documentary. Dude, that exhibit. trailer is insane. That docu-series, by the way, on another was note, the greatest thing of 2020. thing I've ever seen. Greatest thing of 2020. Like, these, these, they've done like... I'm going to send you the link to their site. You're going to be like, please. they did I'm, this? They did this. So I'm telling you, we had these people just operating at different, like the highest of high levels. We've got Anwar Hussein, who is a, he, this guy started off like photographing lions in the jungle. Right? Like this guy's as legit as they come as far as photographers. Yeah. Right? He was photographing the Rolling Stones and rock stars and then somehow became a royal photographer. This guy's story oh, is mind-blowing. Like, 
to get to work with these people has been yeah. it has taken like I can't even explain it's like it's like if you're training yeah. in 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 in, in jujitsu, right? Yeah. And then um, you're training with all sorts of great players, but then one day you get to train with John Danaher or yeah. you know, yeah. n name who whoever else, right? And and the, what that does to your game, like what that does, how that would level yeah. you up, like. If you were even grappling with that whole, like I just I, yeah, for some reason Dan Hurt, sure. the death squad is just like the guys that are in my head that pop in my that's head. The way, but, that's the way they're doing it, right? Sure. Even like even if you're training out there with Eddie Bravo and his team, right? Like yeah. the stuff that you would learn, where that would take you to another level. It's something else. That's the comparison. I'm working with these people are at such a level. I have no choice but to level up my game. I have no choice but to like. You can't sleep mm. on anything. You yeah. have to be focused. So. The beauty is, it's allowing me to flex this skill within me uh, for storytelling. And here's the other thing. I had an unbelievable writing partner. Karen Liu was yeah. referred to me by my buddy Yas and my other buddy yeah. Ben Liu. Nice. Um, Karen, uh, so they, th those two guys, Yas yeah. and Ben, they own a company called uh, Electric Panda Entertainment. Yep. So they're film producers. Yep. They've been Shout involved with incredible stuff. Yeah. They actually got me involved with the Michael Bisping documentary. Right. Yeah. So I actually have an executive yeah. producer <laughs> credit. Yeah, you, you so told me about that. UIMDB, <laughs> Cliff Skeletor, and he's an executive producer on Michael Bisping, the former UFC champ, middleweight champion middleweight documentary that's getting all sorts of award that's uh, talk yeah. right now. So that's, that's cool, another man. big yeah. thing. Show in the to you guys, yeah. back pocket, but they referred me to Karen, mm -hmm. this writer out of Chicago who's a, a screenwriter. Yeah. So talented. We started talking. Turns out she had a mega interest in the royal family, like, loved everything, dude, absorbed that's the crown, absorbed like everything that had to do. She was. She was like, that's my jam. And her and I became writing partners on this. And our chemistry, our writing together. Like, her and I are going to do yeah. so many projects together in the future. Oh, I'm like, with you guys. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. To be with, like, a legit, like, writer to at that level and yeah. just be, like, bouncing ideas in the way we flow. Dude, I'm giving website, it to you. But if you're, yeah, I'm, I'm giving stoked. it to you. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in. It's ours. It's our project. Yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm giving it to you're like, dude, it's mine. I'll give it's it like, it's all yours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, this dude, is going to be weird. Hilarious. So this is going to be weird. So no, what, sure. what, okay, do you know how, so I'm going to play the trailer for you right yeah. now. Okay. But you should put it up on the screen. When I send it to you, edit it in. Do you know how to do that? Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, I'm going to show you how to do that. But in the meantime... I can have it playing while I'm reacting. Yeah, like, like reaction the, We're going to get a sure. real reaction. Okay, sure. so... Okay. Are you ready for this? I'm as ready as I could be. Okay, you never... You've hyped it up, though, but I also know, like... I also have an expectation. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So I probably overhyped it. Like, so this is going to be the moment where, like, you're, you're going to... You're going to be... Like, I just did all that. I'm also then, not going to over-exaggerate my reaction. I'm oh yeah, gonna be, I'm gonna be like as, but I'm not gonna underplay it either. Well, that's I'm gonna, the, whatever. I'm gonna react honestly, man, as like, I would expect from anybody else. That's how. That's all I've ever wanted from you. If I'm being completely honest, it's funny. I should have had this ready. I bring it up on the, the thing, and it's like now I'm looking for like we need like um, you know how uh, Joe has who's Joe's guy again? Jamie. Do we need dude? Jamie? The amount of times I've said it to people and people have told me I'm like yeah okay, so I'm gonna do <laughs> on I'm gonna on a whim. Book a podcast with somebody and then reach out to four or five different people and say, hey, can you produce? Yeah, exactly. So it's tricky, right? Because Yeah, we'll no, get, it's tricky. We'll get, You'll get somebody in here one day. You know what? If some smart young person is watching this right now, if you are smart, you will actually reach out to Glenn 
and you will offer the services just for the experience. Dude, they can just sit down. I've seen them hit a couple record, plug in a couple get things. Get the experience. Sure take some photos as we're doing too. It would be awesome. And uh, what? They get to listen to you talk for an hour? Like, let's go. Start the car. Well, I think you just talked them out of it. <laughs> okay. Should edit that part Okay, here, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Are you ready? Ready? ready. Okay, all, volume's up. Connect with Princess Diana more closely than ever before with the first oh, walkthrough right. journey into her life. Immerse yourself in stunning oh, visuals paired with first-hand narration by one of Diana's most trusted companions. You have never known Diana on this level with new revelations shared by her legendary royal photographer and each of his photographs has a story behind it. What? Princess Diana exhibit. Tickets on sale now at princessdianaexhibit.com. Huh? Goosebumps. Was it good? Dude, I got a chill at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Just well, the way the music and everything dialed in and like the scenes kind of shifted, it was the timing of the audio made him like, what is going on? Oh, yeah. Dude, that's sick, cool. That's eh? sick. What? That's the uh, LA location that was shown in there, too. That's so. incredible. Yeah, dude. dude congrats. That's Thanks, huge. brother. That's a lot of I fun. I appreciate it. I'm enjoying this ride. Jeez, They're sending yeah. me back out there, so I'm going back. Nice. What's that? You stoked or what? You gonna drive there this time? <laughs> yeah, I know, I wish, right? I got a little bit of a twitchy eye. If you know it's a twitching, that's probably my anxiety showing itself. Uh, I'm incredibly stoked. I'm super happy. I mean, I'll be nice. anxious to fly no matter what. That's an unavoidable. Mm. How long is the flight, sorry? So the flight to LA is five and a half hours. The mm. flight back is four. Like, why? Wind. How does that happen? So wind. it's wind. So the plane's just not flying as fast. Essentially, it's not as fast. There's less, like... It's like running against a headwind or swimming against the current versus with it. Which totally makes sense. It less just means effort, less gas, faster. Just means it's moving case. slower, right? So yeah, when it goes, exactly when it, it comes back, it's got the boost. It's yeah. just zipping back extra it, fast. It took me when I flew from uh, I flew from Pearson in Toronto to Amsterdam in 2018, and I flew. It was six and a half hours, seven hours one way, and yeah. five and a half on the way back. Yeah. Or on the way there, and then on the way back, it was like seven hours, sorry. It was like an hour and a half difference. Well, that's really the difference. Over the Atlantic. But that so, was the difference between LA and go going to LA and coming back. An yeah. hour and a half difference, which just melted my mind. I didn't understand it's it. It's kind of awesome, though, isn't it? It is unbelievable. It's so exciting that you could just get somewhere that fastly. I told you, too. I was like, it's the safest. It's actually statistically the safest way to travel. Yeah. And Casey Neistat, I'm sure you're familiar with yeah. him and his videos and stuff, but... He said it in one, uh, he was like, uh, we had a budget for Nike, and um, they gave me, I blew the whole budget, or they're like, you give me a budget, tell me to move, I'm on the first plane ride out, because flying is the, fly, uh, air travel is the closest thing to time travel. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. It's true, eh? Isn't That's cool. Banana? Yeah. It's also Five and a half hours, I barely make it to Ottawa, dude. I know. You made it to the other side of the, uh, the country. Uh, the other side of another country. Facts. Like, so, I mean... Uh, it's bananas. And it, there is, like, a sense of time travel, because when you get out there, you're three hours... Was it three or four? Three hours yeah. behind our time, so you almost get there two hours two hour ahead. You're like, that took two hours? But you're like, oh, wait, that's not how that works. So the way I'm doing it different, just to share, like, my how yeah. I'm going to do this adventure... Some of these plans could change. A couple of them are a little bit tentative. I'm leaving shortly, so in I'm leaving in six days from when this is from when we're recording this. Yeah. So if you watch it, you know you may be so watching Saturday. this a month from now. Yeah, on Next a Saturday, week. right? And so nice. what I'm gonna do this time. So here's like the section where you go. Yeah. Hey, here's some. If you're 
anxious about flying, here's some things that you should do, okay? I'll tell you this. I'm going to give you my stuff as a guy that's anxious yeah. flying and things that I did. Number one, I wore sandals. That was super important. It allowed my feet yeah. to breathe, right? I found my feet get super sweaty, but no, if they sure. could breathe, it's better. So when I get on... Like when I'm sitting in my seat, I could actually kick off my sandals and feel the floor under my feet. In your socks, of, of course, right? You're in my socks, of course, not barefoot. I'm not that I'm uh, I'm savage. I'm, I'm not that wild. <laughs> but you could do nice little toe exercises yeah. and ground yourself and connect yourself to the Which plane. Which is very underrated. Very underrated and will help a ton with your anxiety. Yeah. Make sure you're wearing a jacket, even if it's warm, because you could roll the jacket up and use it as your pillow, as mm -hmm. opposed to bringing a separate nice. pillow that you know takes up a little bit more room in your yeah. carry-on, right? So that's right. two two that I think are really important. Bring that's a huge. change of socks on your carry-on. Because yeah. like if you're like somebody like me that gets super sweaty feet when you're anxious, mm -hmm. changing those socks is the greatest. Once you get up and you're flying, you're about an hour yeah. in, then you do the change. You're kind you of like some, comfortable with it. You're like, okay, you have something we're up to look, there now. You have something to look forward to. Next thing, plan your snacks out accordingly. Yes, mm -hmm. they might bring you food depending on which class you're in, yeah. but actually bring your own snacks. So you actually have little snack intervals mm -hmm. that you could look forward to. You're like, oh, in an hour from now, I'm going to eat those like milk duds that right. I brought. Right, it takes you. your mind off. Gives you little, yeah. you know. I Comfort just, food too. I just listened yeah. to the Will Smith book, which is, yeah, oh, get it. It's unbelievable. It's 16 hours long. Greatest 16 worth hours it, of my eh? life. Totally worth it. But he tells a story about like, laying bricks, it's going to take forever to build this wall. And his dad goes, don't worry about the wall. Lay the perfect brick, one brick at a time. And that's all you focus on, right? So that's why like, when you're on a plane and you're anxious, just focus on, you know, one thing at a time, right? My snack break is in an hour. I'm going to watch an episode of a yeah. show. I'm going to try to get some sleep, you know, things like that. Block interval it intervals, out. And it yeah. makes it a lot less overwhelming. It's huge. You know, you know, I haven't done a long flight like you, but five and a half hours is a good chunk of time. So you, I got to really, I can't think of the five and a half hours. I have to think of chunks of time and I can get through that. I, that, that. Okay. Yeah. So back to my itinerary. Itinerary? Yeah. I think you, you said it correctly first. And then now I don't know what you, now I don't itinerary? know what you're saying. Itinerary? I, I ten, the <laughs> more you say it, the more I'm less sure I know how to say it. Itinerary. Itinerary. Can I get a definition, please? Yeah. You, use it in a sentence. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm flying to L.A. and I'm going to do separate things that I have all placed on my itinerary. Okay, this is weird. All right, so this time what my plan is, Glad. Well, my plan is Mr. Upstage, Glad. I'm going to pull my seat over. I'm still upset about this, all right? Okay. It's not intentional. Yeah, right. Uh, he's a freaking mastermind over here. Uh, don't underestimate this guy. Uh, so what I'm doing this time, I'm flying to Las Vegas. Nice. Okay? Yeah. Because there's a four-hour ride to L.A. from Las Vegas. And that ride is like I've seen it in so many movies. Yeah, it's right? pretty sick. Dude. It looks pretty cool. Right? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Dude. Like, so many movies. And there's all of these wild stops along the way. Like, there's like this abandoned like water park that's all yeah. graffitied up that I'm going to go to. There's like this old like cowboy town that I'm going to go check out. So that's what I'm doing. <sighs> that's going to be cool. To LA. Going to get to LA. Gonna, then going to drive the one highway. Uh, which is basically, you know, drive along there, the coast, yeah, it is just... up to Santa Monica, mm -hmm. check out Alcatraz, because I was obsessed with the movie The Rock, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, Nick Cage song, Sean Connery. Yeah. Then I'm going to fly to Chicago, 
and then I'm gonna fly. Uh, that's as far as my plan goes. You know, then I'm gonna do stuff in yeah. Chicago, fly to Toronto, come back home. Nice. Yeah. So it's a little adventure. That's what. That's what a week, two weeks. Week. It's one week. So it's one a lot. Week, eh? It's a lot. Hey man, look the way I the way I look at it is the only regrets that I actually when talking to my buddies about the last uh, uh, last year around uh, the last two the last week of September and the first week of October. Okay, uh-huh. <laughs> check this out. We did road cri- road trip across Canada. We went as far west as Victoria on Vancouver mm, Island. Sounds right? so far. Drove all the way it. back. Unreal. Twelve of the time recommend for, to a friend. Um, so. The one re- the one regret we're talking on the way back we're reflecting right we're just yapping as we go and we're like oh, you're doing oh, some flecting yeah you have some to flecting. Right? a little flecting. so the five of us were going back and forth and I was like guys what's one like regret you have on the trip hmm. like from the last like what at that point was nine days yeah right so the guys what's like what's the deal like any regrets and like one or two of them. a few of them said no I said I agree I said no but I agreed with one of my buddies. Well, there's two or three, but my buddy said he's shout out to Ben, and he's like, um, I regret sleeping in a few mornings, and I yeah. don't mean like a sleep in to like eleven forty five. Yeah, I mean like sleep in to like anywhere past nine. Okay. Yeah, like in those times, man, like you have we have a finite amount of existence to make the most of what we have here, and if you're not like. I'm like up till two, wake up at six, seven thirty if I want to sleep in. It's like go, uh-huh. and there's a quote that resonated with me that, funny enough, I heard at the end of one of my travels was, "The person who needs a vacation most is the person who just got back from one." Mm-hmm. So I don't like the term vacation that much because yeah. it, it vacation equals being still and being bored. Yeah, for me, I'm like nah. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to get lost, and then now it starts, right? Yeah. I got a question. I got a question so, for you, though, right with, with what you're saying there. Because okay. I'm hearing what you're saying. Your regret is that you slept in a couple times. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're exhausted, do you feel like you're experiencing the best version of your life? Yes and no, because it's uh, one of those things that... Um... Hear the question one more time. Okay. Okay. Far away. When you're exhausted, yeah. do you think you're experiencing the best version of life? When you're ex- hear the no. question, <laughs> how could Probably you be? Not, of no. course you're not. No. There's no other answer. Yeah. You can't say yes to it. There's no yes in there. I'm exhausted, and I'm the yes the would be best. me rewording the question to. You'd be changing the question, which is yeah. You got it. That's there's, when I was like, oh, and you're like, I'm like, yeah, I see you, what I'm doing. Yeah. There's no other answer yeah. in this. When you're exhausted, you're not experiencing the best version of your life. Yeah. So. Could you do more things? Well, quantity is always exciting, but quality is mm-hmm. pretty damn exciting too. That's so true, maybe yeah. you didn't get as much quantity of waking hours in, but I mm-hmm. bet you that extra sleep you got increased, even if it was small, increased the quality of the experience. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Probably, if you're just yeah. chasing volume, That's a good way to put it. Then, then I could see that. But if you look at if you look at quality over volume, mm-hmm. I don't know that you should regret it as much. That's a good point. I think that's might have maybe why I didn't at first think of it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also avoid the term regret because I think it's kind of silly. Um, well, the, but you could regret. Cer- well, there's I certain things to regret. Yeah, I mean, you could always do that. I think that there's things you should regret. I've treated people in ways that I wholeheartedly regret, yeah. and I'm never. You know, sometimes when people do this whole no regrets thing, I'm like, no regrets. What is my hearing right now? Like, I know that yeah. maybe you're saying that I'm all right with the person I am today, and I'm 
understanding how you got there, right? Yeah, and, like, and so I think that's what they're saying. But the term "no regrets," I'm like, are you a sociopath? How you you've done everything perfect in your life, or you're telling isn't a real thing? It's not a real thing. Know. So you're saying that you don't regret mistakes that you made? Um, I, I don't even yeah. know how to respond to that. Like, that's one of those things where I'm like, you need to think that sentence through yeah. way more because you should regret things. Mm. Doesn't mean you can't do that's anything about it. it. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, that's just not how mm. it works. Which I think is where my thought process is with that phrase. Mm. Is I'm like, I know I, I don't dwell on regrets. Let's say that's that. also that's the dwelling that's the and ruminating on it. Or how people thing, right? get into a place of depression, right? right. So they that's see the problem I avoid. So when I say when I look at that term, that's what I think of. I'm like, I'm not gonna sit back and go, well, I could have done this better. Yeah. Because like, well, what's the point? I'm like, yeah, well, I definitely there, have there, things I would change in the past that I maybe didn't yeah. would prefer didn't happen, or ways I would have went about something differently. But I'm like not gonna beat myself up because I didn't at the time, right? A little beating up isn't the worst in the world. Listen, I, I honestly think that regret is a catalyst for change. Interesting, right? If That's you, cool. you cool. isn't that a nice yeah, line? Like regret that. is like a catalyst for change. Oh, right. And so if you don't sit back and regret certain things, then it's not gonna give you that fire you need to change things. And certain things yeah. are hard to change. Certain things in your own personality, in your own behaviors more specifically, yeah. are extraordinarily beyond what most people understand difficult to change. Mm. That's why you see people with terrible behaviors go, why do they keep doing that? Because behaviors are hard to change. Very, it's habitual. It, it's very challenging. And so mm -hmm. I think that not killing yourself with regret, I think that's what people are talking about when yeah. they try to push people towards less regret. It's like, don't destroy yourself with regret. Because, it's your you attitude know, towards them. The difference between anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Depression is 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 ruminating over the past. Right. Anxiety is sorry. Depression is ruminating over the past. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is ruminating over the future. Right. So anxiety, you're fearful. Yeah. Of what's going to happen? You're anxious. You're like, what's going to happen? And it's forward. Right. It's mm -hmm. future. Depression is going. Oh, I screwed up. I didn't do that right. I am not good enough. Da -da -da. Yeah. And that forces depression. This is something that I heard other people saying it's not something I made up and that really yeah, kind really of cool. stood out to me right yeah, so sure. you don't want to regret things to the point it puts you in a depression and cripples mm -hmm. you no. right uh, but you don't also want to be walking around in life without regrets like that's yeah. I just don't even know if that's, that's interesting reasonable take on it. yeah yeah well, interesting a take, take on it there's a cliff take there's for a cliff you. note for you <laughs> you know yeah, so, how do we get there though? We got okay. I because I, I challenged you, which I love doing. I yeah, challenged you. I, like <laughs> I challenged you on the thought process of, of regretting things. But you're so young, you could do these things. We're still young enough to be able to. Yeah, I'm glad you through. changed that to we are still young. I know, like, damn you're right, you're young. Yeah, okay. you age yourself twenty years, and you're still young. Like, okay, okay. Well, you're being too kind. Uh, yeah, I am no such certain. thing, is there? Uh, you know, again. Uh, just, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Start no, the I'm gonna leave it there. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave the car. Like we're we in the bus. Just... Now we're in the bus together. Okay? Yeah, we're in the sure. bus together. Facts. Uh, yeah, dude. So I'm excited for the adventure. I think it's great. I think again, you know, one of the things that you and I like to talk about a lot is storytelling. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons why I love what you're doing because you're mm -hmm. giving people a platform to tell their stories Dude, on. Absolutely, I'm trying. Oh, so many it's people don't get to talk about the things they're doing. It's like so <sighs> it's nice of you to just too. be like, "What up?" 
Yeah. <laughs> what up? That's it. That's it. Glad that's your whole thing. What up? <laughs> exactly. Reserve. Grab that. Reserve mic. for you. I'm gonna put the mic a little forward so people can see my face. But you know, whatever. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. So yeah, what dude, else you got going that's, on? Um, it's huge, and I think I was talking to a friend of mine last night. I shared with him a very interesting story, and then we got talking. Similar, to the last couple of people I've talked to, whether it be on the show or just in my life, and have like deep dived into things. It always circles back to whether it be the art of conversation, which which then comes to storytelling, and everything from engaging listeners to like how you hook the audience and then bring it back and then how do you like give them a payout for listening without yeah. actually being aware of what you're doing because then it kind of seems fake yeah, yeah and people don't like that yeah obviously it's a skill it's a right. skill that you have absolutely. to develop yeah absolutely and whether that be like having the ability to be a good conversationalist or tell a good story too similar they ride the fine line of being very similar skill sets but both very different and what i want to know is as of, it could be recently, or if you have a story that kind of was told to you, that one that you didn't, you, that you either experienced through listening or, yeah, actually go with that. Something you experienced listening, a story that's kind of resonated with you throughout the years. That it could be a mentor or somebody that you like, you're like, oh. And then now you just start telling people, like, hey, man, that time that this person said this. And it's just, do you have one of those Oh, moments? God, I've got so many stories. I've got short ones. I've got long ones. I, I'll tell you a short one quickly. I've told this story so many times that at one point it mutated into me telling the story, like, as if it was me. But it actually Dude, that's wasn't. amazing. Some that's people, amazing. Some people that know me are going to be like, Cliff, you told me that that was you in the story. It's embarrassing. It's this is the one that pops in my head. I'll, first, I'll tell it from the first person, and then I'll tell you how Amazing. maybe it mutated into my own. Yeah, I'd like to so, know so, that. Um. <laughs> years ago, when I was a kid, I was in uh, Windsor, Detroit, right? Nice. And I was in this bank. I grew up in Sudbury, so like I was so used to being around primarily white people, right? Yeah. Oh, no. And so I'm in this bank in 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 Detroit, and I'm in line in the bank. Everybody in the bank's black, which is great. I kind of love... I just loved it. I love just mm, being around oh, all these funny. beautiful people. And it was dead quiet, though, for some reason. It was just silent. There was no music playing. It was just oddly quiet. And there was a lady standing behind me holding her child. And her child must have been quite... Like a year and a half. Maybe yeah. two. Just the cutest little <laughs> black baby you've ever seen. And it's dead silent in this in this bank and it's in there and then I just look over at the baby and me and the baby make like just like the hard most hardcore eye contact and I kind of tilt my head and the baby tilts his head and then no the baby just what? goes the baby just goes <laughs> and everybody in the bank started laughing so hard like on the ground like classic just hardcore knee slapping laughter and it startled the baby the baby started crying and it was just like the wildest wildest oh, situation come on okay so it's not my story it's my you know my childhood friend rob his story so me and rob were like two peas in a pod right yeah. we were just so similar in so many ways like both of our fathers from were from trinidad nice. uh both of our mothers were white um are white um 
And just like we grew up neck and neck, just hanging mm-hmm. out. His dad lived in Detroit, was a cop in Detroit. And um, Windsor, sorry, yeah. in Windsor, sorry, which is on the border of yep. Detroit. Um, so he would spend his summers up there. And I spent an entire summer up there when we were kids as well. Mm-hmm. He told me that story. And I died. It was the funniest story I'd ever heard. And so that was like, he told me that was like when we were 15 years old. So I would just tell that story to people mm-hmm. and I wouldn't, I would have a hard time finding an entry point to make it make sense. Like my friend was telling me the story, right? That I mutated yeah. the story into, I was in the situation because it just flowed better. Mm-hmm. And at one point I started to think that it was actually my story mm-hmm. until I was on a phone call with him years ago and he retold me the story. I'm like, oh shit. Like, Dude, that was you. I'm like, that's your story. That's right. <laughs> oh, and no. so that's just one of those things where my brain just implemented revisionist history. But it was a story that I heard that I just thought was so funny. And it just... You don't know where it's going. You set the scene. People could visualize being in there. And then... You know, you kind of set some little, like, you know, I'm from an all-white town. It was all black people. So your brain starts going somewhere else with where the story might go. Yeah. Um, But then it goes in this other direction. And with this baby, which everybody could just picture it being super adorable. And they could hear it in their head. And just this collective (laughs) laughter. It's just a really funny story, right? It it a little bit like, um, what do you call it? It's a little bit of sleight of hand within the story. So that, that's I can picture the kid too. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no, he's boy. <laughs> oh yeah, it was uh, it was so funny. Uh, oh wow, well, it was funny when I heard the story. See, I'm still telling the story yeah. like as if I was there. Dude, that's awesome. Um, that's a story that fuck so many man. I wish I like I wish I had a little bit of time beforehand to actually like like think through a few stories. Is uh. Is there a to- give me a to- okay? Give me a, to- a topic like something related, and then I'll try, like I'll try to. How about this? I'll tell you one that comes okay. to mind, okay, and then I'll, that'll even give you time to think and either maybe inspire a story, okay, or a train of thought. So, <laughs> I was working at a summer camp, and I was like a second year counselor, and I heard this story when basically summer camp there's campfires at the end of every week. Mm. It's a session at the mm. camp I was working at. So at the end of every week session. On Friday night at about seven um, p.m. till eight, or sorry, at eight p.m. until like nine, nine fifteen, we'd have campfire. So it was my favorite program of all time. Everything from like nothing came close to it. Mm. We all come around. First of all, I love fire. It's warm. I like being warm. Oh, yeah. So everybody's around the campfire, and I remember this guy who was new. It was like the first um, campfire he kind of hosted. He was uh, the assistant director at the time, Julian, a uh, big mentor of me for a few years after that, and. He told me a story about, like, because he, he kind of thought the campfires we were doing prior were, like, not lazy, but they weren't good. Like, he's <laughs> like... You could bring a lot more to this. Bring some theme to it. Don't just <laughs> sing songs and introduce people singing songs. Like, just actually host it, do a theme around each campfire, right? Uh-huh. He's like, plan something, get creative. His whole thing that he preached, this is, like, 2015, <laughs> his whole, summer, so his whole thing, right, was preaching... Creative programming is what we call it, right? And so he's like, do you want to just think outside the box? Think of like, if I were to give you these three items and I say, make a game out of these three items Uh that a group of kids could play for an hour. Yeah. That was his like, okay, I got this. That was what his, like, that's how it's, right? Interesting. But then being able to translate that was fun for us. So he told me the story. I was like, well, like, and he's like, I'm like, well, Julian, man, like, what's the craziest, like, 
idea. Because I had these ideas where I'm like, yo, I'm going to like tackle people off of boats and stuff. Like, just these ridiculous ideas came to mind. And I couldn't, like, streamline it. And he tells me, he's like, so when I was, like, uh, 15, Glenn, I was, uh, I was kind of like an assistant. I was like a leadership assistant. I was like, okay. So he was shadowing leadership counselors, and he did this thing where he's like, we had to do a theme, and we did a zombie apocalypse theme at his summer camp. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, let's hear it. And he's like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And he's like, you got to figure out your own way to do it safely. Like, safely. <laughs> he's like, well, Glenn, I'm like, well, I'm like, Julian, what was like, what made this thing? He's like, well, it's not a good thing, but it's the most insane one that happened. I don't recommend doing it. I'm like, well, why not? And he's like, because I faked my own death in front of like 60 people. Wow. I was like, what do you mean you faked your own death? Like, it's enough for me to just go, oh, I'm fake, you faked your own death. And he's yeah. like, no, dude. I'm like, well, okay, pump the brakes. What do you mean, Julian? And he goes, so at the end of the theme, at the end of the theme day, there was a final like battle inside the, um, inside like the water. Mm -hmm. And I was held underwater a while. And we had this thing, I staged it with like one or two people and they were going to act as if once the camp, once it was over and I was defeated as like the final leader, I would be carried out on a spinal board strapped down and we would act as if the whole theme day is over <laughs> and I had, and like, I'm like, oh my God, how did that go down? He's like, well, I lost the fight. I was held underwater. I started panicking and then I was held there and I started to hold my breath underwater and rise to the surface and they started freaking out. They were brilliant. They brought the spinal board down. They turned me over, brought me out on the spinal board, brought me out, started getting, clearing the kids. Everyone was taking off their makeup and clearing the kids and running. Dude, kids were like fainting yeah. from like shock. Well, of course they were. And there's this like nine year old seeing all this stuff. He <laughs> like, sounds yeah. like a psychopath. And I'm like, yeah, he, 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 he is like, for sure. He's, yeah, he's, there's some odd things about him. Yeah. Odd guy. But he's he told me the story. I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, man. So I'm like, zombie theme campfire. He lost the final battle to like the winning counselor or whatever. And he was, he was killed by being drowned underwater. Mm -hmm put on a spinal board and then wheeled out and like kids were seeing him and like in tears like adults yeah, breaking down I mean, literally in yeah, the most formative years of yeah. these children's lives they were given like ptsd facts so i'm like i guess that's like, creative. yeah i guess it's creative and he's like so don't do that yeah and i was like so that's where the line is and he's like yeah just don't fake your death and don't make kids cry yeah and you can run with you're it. good you're exactly. good. So also, yeah. So basically, I've given you no help with what you should do. Zero because answers. Because what I've given you is so far beyond anything you should consider doing. Exactly. That yeah, you know where you know where the far past the line is. Yeah. So I can come close enough to it would be like <laughs> some crazy dem like demented shit. So I tried to think of a story while you were telling your story, which was extraordinarily complicated to do because I like to try to stay with you while you're telling yeah, a story, not float off. So I was only able to come up with this one, one story. I'll tell you. Nice. All right. I'm sure so, it's great. Oh, well. <laughs> he's like, well, I don't know. All right. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So I go to the mall. It's during Christmas. You know how the mall is during Christmas. It's chaos and pandemonium, yeah, right? It's zombie apocalypse. On my way out, I run, uh, leaving my place, I grab a Kit Kat bar because I'm like, I'm going to need a snack at some point, right? I was obsessed with Kit Kat bars before. I just was, right? That, I don't blame you, man. That, <laughs> they're exactly. they're I delicious. Love those, yeah. I love them wafers. <laughs> 
And I mean the Kit Kat song. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. That's a great track, man. It is, yeah. That's a great track. It's catchy. It works. Yeah, you know it works. So I go to the mall. Mm -hmm. Busy. Chaos. Pandemonium. I'm in there shopping, grabbing all the stuff I need. Eventually, I'm like, okay, I need a break. I got to sit down. I'm going to eat this Kit Kat bar, right? right? And there's no place to sit in the mall. And there's one old guy sitting down. And he's by himself. So I go, sir, is it all right if I sit here? Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> he didn't even say it's all right. He goes, yeah. And I go, you know, I'm going to sit here then, all right? So I sit down. So I sit down. And... Oh, it's busy. It's crazy. I look yeah. down, grab, you know, a piece of my Kit Kat bar, right? Boom. I'm eating it. All of a sudden, the old guy reaches across, grabs a piece of my Kit Kat bar. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck, dude? What's happening? What do you mean? Now? Like, I'm like, what's happening? But I'm like super uncomfortable at the time. <laughs> I just don't know what to say. And so, you know, it's four pieces, right? So I break off another piece and I start eating it. He reaches <laughs> oh, mother. Grabs my last piece. Of no, he part. didn't. And my heart's beating. <laughs> I, I have to feel, murder this old man. I feel so like, what the heck uh, is going on <laughs> right now? But I also don't want to be confrontational with this complete stranger. So I just felt stupid. And I got up and I started walking away. And I look back and the old guy... Pulls out a muffin and puts the muffin down in front of him. And I, honestly, no. to this moment, no. I could not tell you what came over me. No way. I turned around. You didn't. I know. I know and I going. walked up and I grabbed the muffin <laughs> and ripped it in half and shoved it in my mouth. <laughs> and walked off. And I had muffin. I couldn't even eat the muffin. I put too much muffin in my mouth. Like I overcommitted to this. I put, and I was like kind of. And I eat the muffin. And I was like, forget it. I'm done shopping for the what? day. I'm done shopping for the day. So I leave, of course, right? And I get in my car to go home. And I look down in my my passenger seat. And my Kit Kat bar was sitting on the seat. Just take a moment to realize what happened. Dude. I ate that man's Kit Kat bar. And then I went back and ripped his muffin in half. <laughs> it was so busy. Like, it was so busy. I didn't even realize. It was so have... busy. I didn't even Dude. realize. I didn't take out the Kit Kat bar. I just looked down. It was there. And I started eating it. Because you just thought it was. So this old guy was sitting there. Some dude sat down. Ate half his Kit Kat bar, walked away, came back, ripped his muffin in half, <laughs> took it. That man was straight up jooked in public by some young guy. And to this, like, he just, and I was like, do I go back in the mall and give him the Kit Kat bar? No. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> You're like, I overcommitted to this thing that I shouldn't have committed to. <laughs> it, was, it was a kerfuffle. Anyways, that's a story that's that that's a story that one of my thing I've ever heard. that's a story that one of my sister's friends told me as a kid, and no. it stuck with me my whole life. No. I've just told that story so many times, dude. 
Yeah, no, it's not. It's not even my story. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, so it turns out it was a good story, I guess. Dude, that that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think there's something to be told for just ruining this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much that happens in the story in your mind as I'm telling the story. Yeah. You're like, you can't believe this old guy's stealing my food. Yeah. You're like, what's he thinking? That's insane. <laughs> he, I mean, then, not too much, right? Because like he let. I'm like, hey man, like sit down. I'm like, yeah, you know, I get it. I well, that would be down. a wild thing. No, but there's maybe. no nothing to get. You, <laughs> you, you sit down with a stranger and they touch your food. That's fucked like, up. I'm shitting that. I'm like, shitting that's that shit fucked down. Don't there is, yeah, like nice try, buddy. Strange man. Nice try. My food. I don't give a fuck if somebody lets me sit with them in a cat shirt. Nice. Like, unless you gotta at least ask for permission. You're gonna grab my food. That's a good point. I'd shut that's the most insane shit I've ever heard in my life. So he experienced the most insane thing ever. If this is even a true story, which I have no idea if it is. But it's a funny story. It's a funny fucking story. And I love that just there's this beautiful twist at the end, right? Where you go, you look down and I realize my Kit Kat bar sitting right there. And it's like an M. Shamalamalamalan moment where you're like, the whole thing just flashes before you're, you're like, what? Oh, I, like you were just, you didn't even know what happened when I hit that part. Yeah, you're like, I, I don't like, get wait it. Wait a second. Wait. You're like, you got to realize this stranger said, can I sit down and start eating here <laughs> without permission? That's uh, bananas. And then, oh man. Bananas. It's like, there's I'm going to go back to get the muffin. There's two versions. One is with oh, the muffin. The other yeah. version is that he pulled out an apple and I just bit through half the <laughs> apple, which I think is pretty funny. I kind of, like, uh, depends on how I feel. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's two for you. There's two, two, two little stories. So I don't know if I told you um, this one. Um, I think I might have because it's popular enough of, like, a good story that I tell, but... I have, uh, when I tell people about, like, my travels, and we, I go, and I go, the, I go Europe, right? Mm -hmm. Europe is, like, Europe sounds weird because it's a continent, mm -hmm. same with Africa, but mm -hmm. people are like, wow, it's a, it's a country. They tr mm -hmm. talk to it, talk about it, sorry, like it's a country, but I digress. With Europe, there's, like, many stories that can, like, come out of that, and when I think back to it, but the one that stood out, this is the one I was telling you about a few minutes ago where I told Pat about it last night, where... Uh, yeah, two nights ago, sorry, at sushi, we were like, uh, I was telling them about this, mm, like, story, sushi, dude, it's so good, like, I have some in my fridge and you can eat after, but, anyway, so this, um, what happened is, is we kind of circled back and ended in Paris, and I had, like, maybe $18 in my bank account, okay, well, 18 euros, let's say, to my name at this time, so, you're in Paris, right? So we had four days left on the trip, and we still had to go from drive to Paris. We still had to train from Paris to Amsterdam. Okay, mm -hmm. on um, we took this train, um, but before all that, I was like, I had like 18 euros to my name. It's not like I had no money, but there's no Bank of Montreal. Yeah, in Paris, France. Okay, weird. Yeah, but. That's on my tax-free saving account. All my money was allocated elsewhere, and I couldn't access it without going into a bank of Montreal, okay. meeting with the teller, scheduling meeting, and pulling it out. Yeah, that's so a kerfuffle. You're exactly. in a situation. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> I have four days left, and I got 18 euros to figure shit out with. Yeah. Um, I'm like close to selling ass, but like you know, I wow, that's like how you would jump all the way. Like there's so many yeah, options between then. You go straight to selling ass. Well, the look, okay, the. People who do it that in Paris, it's a bit more like welcomed. 
do that kind of thing. Like the industry is better for it out there. Okay, this right? is why it's do not you a know down that? the road. So you do your research before going to these places. But I digress. Basically, like I'm sure how you did a lot of research on search? LA before you went. I right? didn't search what the ass selling is. Like never mind. I didn't even think to type into the keyboard. <laughs> How, well, how, do, how do the people of LA feel about ass selling? <laughs> Google. Uh, they're pretty comfortable with it. So, that might have been what they came up with. I don't know. But, who knows. Basically, what happened is, um, no money might resort to unique ways of being um, of uh, acquiring funds. Fast forward. I so, anyways, I have 18 euros. That number's to uh, remember. Uh, important to remember. I, that night... Um, we go to the Eiffel Tower, right? You're in Paris tonight, mm-hmm. and we go to the Eiffel Tower. And I always I, called it the Rifle Tower. Why? I don't know. It just to me, like when I hear grown ups <laughs> say it, I always say, thought yeah. they were saying the Rifle Tower, oh. and I'm like, oh, okay. It doesn't even like look like a shotgun. That's not even close. Not it has nothing to do with shotguns. It sounds cool though when you say it Rifle like that, Tower. Right? Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it's in Texas. Yeah. Sorry, I've derailed your but, story. You get, no, you jump back okay. in. You guys go get, to the I did say trains, so I like the derail. Yeah, oh, I know, I know, <laughs> yeah. the connector yeah. in there, right? Yeah. Boom. Sorry, I was like, all okay. right. Okay, so he's got $18, in, yeah. him and his boy, but, we're uh, hitting the Eiffel Tower. We're on the Eiffel Tower. We're going, sorry, we're going through, and from like uh, 12 to t- 18 to 25, I was 22 at the time, is you pay like 12 euros to go to the summit. Oh, Twenty-five most of your money. To 65, yeah. Right? That's what I'm saying. 25 to 65 is like 32 euros. Dude, it's almost double. So You don't have that much money. My buddy's 25. He's not going up. He's like, I'm yeah. not paying. I got the same or less than you. Uh-huh. I'm relying on you to pay me back, back for the rental. That's how I'm giving, that's how he's getting money is me paying back my debt to him yeah. in certain ways. So with that, and dude, I go up. I'm like, you know what? Okay. I'm going all the way up. Go to the summit. You know, I kind of walk around. Uh, you went up without him. Yeah, he stayed and just Facetime his lady from Barcelona. He's already he'd already done it like okay. eight years prior, right, whatever. Right. But <laughs> so I did. I'm like, when am I ever going to be in Paris again? Who mm. knows, right? So that's four years ago, and I uh, three years ago. Anyways, I I go up, <coughs> and you know, I'm kind of doing my thing. I'm in my running, my ni- black Nike running shoes, like my black Mac shorts with hole, r- holes ripped everywhere in them, and like t-shirt, whatever, my bucket hat, mm. no problem. Just ready to sell ass. Ready to sell ass. <laughs> in like the weirdest place to do it. But anyways, I'm up there and I'm taking, I do a couple laps where I'm taking photos, whatever. You're up there for a while. It's nighttime in Paris. You're on top of the Eiffel Tower. You're not yeah. going to rush to go around and come down. Right? Yeah. So I'm up there, whatever. <clears throat> I go around. I do one lap. I do a second lap. My third lap, Cliff, everybody starts to funnel towards one side. I'm like, mm. what's going on here? Mm. Dude. I go around, and all of a sudden, this waiter with like champagne, like a buttload of champagne glasses on his um, platter, goes, "Sir, champagne." And I was like, "I don't got any money for it." And he's mm. like, "No, no, no, just take it." I'm like, I'll start the car. So I take it and I go to drink it. And he's like, "Wait, follow me." And he kind of like leads me to where everybody's like grouped, grouped up. <clears throat> Dude, check this out. I come around the corner on a stand, like a platform, maybe like the height of those stools over there, Mm. there's this very short, old, like, French couple, Mm. I guess, something like that, and um, they wanted everybody to toast with them in celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Oh, wow. And I mean down to the fucking minute. Yeah. Like, they got, like... 
to the minute that they were engaged, or that, sorry, that they got married, to the minute, like, they were literally, like, counting down to, like, the toast of 50 years, to the oh, minute, wow. with all of us, and they're like, we just want to celebrate this moment with all these, like, strangers, our friends, our family, and just everybody, we want them to experience, like, the love mm. that we feel for each other, mm. and I was just like, whoa, wow. I was, like, taken out, even now, I'm like, ooh. That's so, the, like I love yeah. synchronicity like that. Like, like you can't plan the, that ever again. Yeah, that's serendipitous. Exactly. Yeah, like it's France of all places. Ridiculous. This is the thing that you would think would happen in France. Top of the Eiffel Tower, right? Yeah. You're like one of the, like some moment like that, but you couldn't read that in a magazine. You can't plan it, and it's just the emotion that overtook hearing their story. Yeah. About everything that they went through together celebrating like the love they had for each other and then wanting to share that with me strangers and a bunch of strangers Which and a bunch of friends a bunch of family there's something right? really beautiful about that and it was yeah. only 12 euros yeah that's it so, best, best 12 euros ever best 12 euros ever and then i, I walked down it came down to stuff and like dude that's where like i took still to this day i have that photo Oh, uh, that's your hold of that memory. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. It's so interesting you tell that story. Great story, by the Thank way. Thank you. Um, I just got on to Yes Theory. Dude, that's what I'm saying. So, I didn't know about Yes Theory. Come like, on. I just didn't know about them. They just didn't cross my YouTubing for whatever reason. Yeah. And so, I've They're been insane. really big on the, the Will Smith uh, train lately, right? Yeah. I just listened to his book. And he brings them up. Well, not in the book, but... Oh, wait, no, no, no. He does in the book. Sorry, yep. that's a lie at the end of the book. And so, he... Uh, which... Because he jumped out of the helicopter, the bungee, mm -hmm. which made me go back and watch that video that I had missed. And then the Yes Theories guy uh, did it. But mm -hmm. they just released a video, I think, like two days ago, where uh, the one, I don't know their names yet. Me neither. Um, they did a 24 hour. 24 hour run around Paris. That I share that with a friend of mine, I think Richard Bradley, because he, that's what we want to do at some point. And I say, because there's this guy named Bo Miles who had who kind of like who won multiple film awards yeah for his short documentary on like the 24-hour marathon where it's you run of a mile or you run 24 kilometer you run a mile a, a kilometer every hour for 24 hours mm. and he did a checklist at the same time of things he wanted to get done yeah and he just every hour after he would do his run top of the hour do his mile run kilometer run whatever and then like build the table and yeah. then oh, that's you really know, fun. stretch that's out cool. for this, uh, yeah. fix sink, yeah. buy this, oh, shop that's... for this, groceries, oh, that's really clean cool. this. Yeah. And that's what like my oh, buddy and I are going to try to like figure out a way to do it. And then when I saw that post today, I was like, loved Whoa. it, loved it. Right. Yeah. I kind of love it just even in that city. And I didn't realize that one of the things that's really special about the city is how symmetrical it is. I didn't know mm. about any of that. Right. Yeah. It is. So that really stood out, right? Yeah. And then, then building it outwards, right? And uh, yeah. yeah, that was really fun to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm really liking these uh, these Yes Theory guys. It's very, like, <clears throat> they're kind of what, if and when I ever, like, dive, dive into, like, adventure travel videos and stuff. Like, more so they than just a little plug-in That's the you. standard yeah. that I think you should hold to if you're yeah. doing that kind of stuff. Well, that seems like something you would be great at. So you yeah, just have you. to kind of organize a little team around you. That'd be the thing. Right? They've kind of brought mm. each other together and built a little community. Yeah. So it's just about building a community and reaching so. out to certain people. Yeah. Maybe just reach out to them. They'll be like, you know, we need a Canadian on the crew. Jump in here, you know? 
That'd be the craziest thing, yeah. That would it's be worth crazy. an ask, like you said. Always ask. And I think what uh, I've told a bunch of people this sort of recently, but I've never told them who told me. So okay. I want to clip this, but you, I've reached out for the last month since you talked about it to five people, and I've had nobody say nobody said no. Hmm. Right now, I did tell you that one guy, the one gentleman who said in the new year, mm-hmm. um, and so stuff like that. And I think what that's done is I've settled. I've now that the month's over, I've dialed it down to reaching out to five people every week, mm-hmm. and I've like blocked off the list in like a different book I have on, uh, in my office upstairs. But I book it off that each week I book I have I ask these five people and then I ask these five people and I ask these five people and if yeah. episodes don't come up or if people can't find the timing or things cancel then there's the plan B and mm. stuff like that but that kind of thing has been very very interesting to see kind of what's I've had dude I I think I told you this but the Highland Games champ like Matt Vincent people who live a couple people who live in the states are like you just come do the podcast here, road trip down. And he's like, gave me this idea. And buddy's like, you just road trip the States and just reach out, do podcasts. They're yeah. going to be better in person. You're going to have more fun doing it. You can yeah. get content on the way there, content on the way back. Like, why not? Like, he's like, everybody has stories to tell. Everybody wants to share them. And there's a standard that people have with shows that if you go below it, it doesn't matter who the guest is. People won't watch. And that was the like little bit of podcast feedback that he gave me. But all of this stuff. What does he mean by standard? I don't. So basically, what happened in the I'll give more context. What happened is we were we went to set up on Zoom, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work. Like mm-hmm. between my connection, his connection, like um, his headphones, my mic, whatever. So he it means is. the standard of professionalism. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he was like, "Dude, just come down to St. Louis, record with me." Yeah. In my studio. He's like, just come record in person with me. Yeah. We can bypass this crap. Mm. And I was like, works for me, dude. And mm. then we started to talk about whatever, right? Just mm. shoot, shoot the fat. And he, the main takeaway, though, from everything he was saying was he's like, if you, with podcasts, they're so popular right now. Mm. Everybody starts and everybody wants to do one. Everybody has one. But he's like, there's a standard that people have for the quality of podcast between the audio, the video, the guest, there's and the conversation. There's, there's just levels, levels to there's it, right? Levels to this, yeah. it's like if you fall below that standard of podcasting nobody's quality, gonna no, doesn't matter who it is, nobody's not just going to want to be on it, right? Which I thought about too, and I was like, ooh, you yeah. don't want that, right? Because then people go back, like, yeah, yeah. people go back on my episodes, and they're like, like some of these people who signed the table, they're like, yeah, I watched the last few episodes, and I'm like, I'm really excited to do it, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't even think people watched. Yeah, you're telling me you like watched to like see if you want to do this. Of course, yeah. that's crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, people will check it out. They're like, "What so, am I getting myself into?" Exactly. It's because to you, you're doing it regularly. For yeah. them, they're doing it one time, so right. they're going to take a look and go, "What is this about?" Yeah. So they're going to look back on previous episodes, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And as you increase and improve, you know, the quality and that that standard, then you go back and get rid of right. some of those old yeah, episodes, exactly. archive those things, right? Yeah, and, and the few I've told you in the past that are just not not ideal. Well, but. those are the ones you don't want people necessarily exactly. coming across as you <laughs> kind of get better at this, right? Right. And it's, you can see the progression, so... Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just uh, less... I think it came down to, dude, at the end of the day was like a less desire to be like, be like anybody other else's show. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, I gotta figure out how to be 
you try so hard to be yourself that you actually aren't being yourself in the process. Okay. So whereas now it's just like, oh, let's just chat about, I want to talk about this, who's the best person in close proximity to my community that I could reach out to talk about this with. Yeah. This person, great. Let's see if they want to do it, right? Yeah. And so then it's kind of, you make content that you want to do mm. and you want to talk about and mm. you can talk about, right? Yeah. And that you're interested in, which makes for the conversation to be flowing. I like to think, you know, I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, well, me, that's, right? I mean, it goes back to the thing we talked sure. about at the beginning is, uh, is uh, just people, that primal desire to tell stories, to hear stories, to experience mm. stories, right? And yeah. so uh, that's why even if you're just having conversation, people like to see people interact with each other. And, yeah, and that's, that's there's something exciting about that. There's something very, like, uh, I don't know, meta about it, too, listening to people talking mm -hmm. about talking. Because that's what we're doing right now. We're talking about talking, which is really funny. And, it's and, funny and weird to think about, eh? Yeah, and yeah. Some people will enjoy it. Some people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Right? Mm -hmm. But that's the beauty. There's, you know, billions yeah. of people on the planet finding, like, your little you know, crew of people that are interested in going on the journey with you and seeing yeah. Glenn progress and seeing some of the guests, you know, it's cool. on the show. Yeah. So just if anybody thinks I was crazy there, there was just a hair flying out of the, and I dodged it. All right. It wasn't me just being a <laughs> lunatic. Probably from a dog. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, it's huge. You know, this this but is fun. I'm I'm enjoying this, Glenn. Dude, this is I always like chatting with you, man. I really appreciate you being able to make time for me today. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing the story from you uh, on your way back after your road trip, flight trip, Vegas trip, yeah, and yeah. stuff to Chicago as well. I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes and uh, safe travels, my brother. And I look forward to. And I said this once briefly to you. I think when you're on the flight to maybe take your mind off it, or just I was like, I'm crazy idea. <laughs> Go on a trip somewhere random. It could be four days, five days a week, two week, two days, whatever. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, I think flying is the closest thing to time travel yeah. or air travel, right? So I'm like, it would have to be fly somewhere. But I think we fly and do like, like an insane three-day trip, document the whole thing, just I can do all this crazy shit and come back. Down. I'm I down. Think it, I think it would just be hilarious. I, I, I think let's just take your, let's just take your pod podcast on the road, man. I'll, I'll go. We'll go dude. together. Just sit down, find people, yeah. interview them. That's my thing. Would be finding people in different uh, cities. Uh, I'm like starting to compile a list. Is actually yeah. a project. I'm yeah. like, I have like a list. I'm starting to compile. I'm like, in Ottawa, I have this many people I can reach out. I have this many. I have these people. These people here. Yeah. It's just a timing thing. Yeah. Love it, dude. Thank right you so on. much for having me on. Thank man. you, brother. Really appreciate, appreciate it. You. Always, All always. Right. Thank you, sir. Peace.